Thank you. Well, good morning again and welcome. My name is Matt, and um, I, yeah, Doug says, uh, welcome, and we're glad you're here, but I, I just want you to know, we really do like feel that. Like, like We look forward to these times together on Sunday mornings. It is an encouragement to be together in one place and to worship together and to open up the word together. And so really, you, you being here even this morning are, are a valuable part of that. And so we just want to make sure that you actually hear that, that we are grateful for you being here and, and uh, don't take those things lightly. So um, I, I get to share with you for um, a couple weeks a short series that is called Better Together. And um, so if you want, you can look in your message notes that were inside your bulletin. There's some spots to take notes if you want to do that. But before we get into kind of the specifics of this morning, I just kind of wanted to set the stage a little bit. I, I think that there's something that, that takes place um, it's taken place in our church. It takes place in a lot of churches. It's, it's just something that um, is understandable on some level, troubling on another level, really difficult for the church to figure out what, what it is that we need to do on another level. And, and this is, it, it is the problem of eustas. Uh, Have you ever heard of eustas? I, th- I think I made it up. Um, I may not have made it up. Bill keeps saying he's heard of it before, so I must not have made it up. I thought I did, but... Um, a eusta. Eusta, someone, someone that used to do something and doesn't anymore. And so, like, in the church, we're talking about people who, who might say, like, hey, I used to be a Christian, but I'm not... <laughs> I'm not as much anymore. Or I used to go to church, but I, it just wasn't like meeting my needs. Or I, I used to believe in God, and I, I just don't really feel it anymore. Like I used to be that, but now I'm not. And there's all kinds of reasons for it. And some, some of them are really valid, and some of them are things that are important for us to pay attention to. I want to talk about one specific thing today that I think... Uh, often can result in people turning into a Eusta. I'll try to stop saying that so it's not funny every time. Um, this is what it is. I think that there is, there is this idea for many of us that we, we kind of talk about um, the love and the grace and the forgiveness that's offered through a relationship with God and that the way to have that is by entering into a relationship with him. And, and I mean, often it's couched like you say a prayer and accept the gift of God, and that is how you become a follower of Jesus or how you become a Christian. And so, so what I don't want you to hear me say is I'm, I'm not trying to discount that. I just think that sometimes we end up like stopping short, like right there. Like once you've done that, we just have this mentality sometimes that like, once that's accomplished, I'm, I'm good to go, and I can kind of just like coast out the rest of my days until I go to heaven or until something. Like, like we kind of see that like salvation point as like the pinnacle. And what I want to tell you is that while that is crucial, and not to minimize that 
moment or that decision or that choice in any way. I do think sometimes that when, when in our churches, we, I think that we can miss sometimes that there's all this stuff after that God has in mind for us. If you read through like even the New Testament, a big bulk of the New Testament is about how followers of Jesus are supposed to live after they become a follower of Jesus. Like, like there's all this stuff about how the church is supposed to be the church, how we as individuals are supposed to live and interact with each other, how we are supposed to care for one another, like how we are supposed to be the conduits of, of God's grace in our communities and, and in the kingdom. Like, but, but I think that what happens sometimes is that people can feel like, I'm, I made the decision to follow God, and that was kind of like, I thought that was all I had to do, and now things aren't going the way I thought they were gonna go, and like my life is not as as good and rosy as I was hoping it would be as a Christian. And so that's what I used to believe. And what, and what I think is sad about that is that I really believe that God has something in mind for us to try to help us avoid some of those things that cause people to walk away from church and away from the faith. I believe that God has things in mind for what the church is supposed to be and what life as a follower of Jesus is supposed to be like. But I just think a lot of us miss it. I just think a lot of us kind of stopped at this place where it's like, I, I prayed it. I'm good. Like, God he doesn't feel like he's close to me anymore. He doesn't, like, he doesn't take care of me when things are going bad in my life or he's not... He's not making me feel the way I was hoping he would make me feel. And so what I want to say today is that this, that I, I believe that there's all kinds of reasons people might walk away from faith, but one thing that I do believe is that I think sometimes we can miss what the church is supposed to be and how the church is supposed to function, and it can lead to disillusionment and disappointment and even hurt sometimes, and it can cause people to walk away from the church or their church experience or their experience with other Christians. But I don't think that's what God has in mind for us. I think he has something in mind that's good, and I want to talk about that this morning. It's the idea that we are better together. Sometimes we can also do this. We can say, like, Following Jesus is about a personal relationship between me and God. And while, the, while I, I very much believe that that's true, and it is, a, it, it is an individual um, decision, it's an individual commitment, God works in me, and, and I, I believe that it is possible um, for any of us to choose to have a personal relationship with Jesus. I also believe this, that in choosing to have a relationship with Jesus, it also is a choice to be adopted into the family of God. That it's, it's not a personal and individual relationship that is ever meant to stay just between me and God. 
Like that's where it starts. But there's this whole other adopted family that we're meant to be a part of, that God has um, a specific things in mind that he wants to use that family to accomplish in our lives. That we can be better together. The focus this morning says this, that living in community is one of the primary tools that God uses to care for his people. Living in community is one of the primary tools that God uses to care for his people. We're going to look at um, mostly just one section of uh, the book of Ecclesiastes this morning. Ecclesiastes is in the Old Testament. I'm going to put it on the screen. You can jot down the reference, or you can look it up and read it yourself, too. Um, Ecclesiastes was, was uh, in the Old Testament. It's, it's a collection of, of wisdom sayings and writings um, by King Solomon. And in Ecclesiastes, much of what we read kind of can come across a little bit like common sense. Like, yep, that, that makes a lot of sense. But, but the problem is that sometimes we just don't do it. I mean, that's how a lot of life is, right? Like, the things that actually do make the most sense, we kind of can struggle to do sometimes. And it's true with, with our spiritual lives as well. Sometimes the things that seem like common sense can be really difficult for us to do. So we're going to look at Ecclesiastes, though, and there are a few specific things that I think that King Solomon has to share with us that I think that if we as the church were able to put some of these things into practice, we would be making significant progress in getting closer to what God has in mind for the church to be. I'm going to read the whole thing, and then we'll, we'll pull it apart a little bit. It says this, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. Really quickly, um, there's one part in here that we're not going to talk about this morning, the part that says, also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? We're just gonna, not going to talk about that. So uh, I, was, <laughs> I, was, I read this story about a Christian high school that was having a prom, and, and like a lot of Christians do, they felt like they needed to attach a theme verse to like everything that they did. And so for their prom, they, they had uh, like the name of the dance and uh, some stuff about it. And then they had this theme verse that they attached. And I don't know what their initial verse was supposed to be, but through some typo, they ended up with Ecclesiastes 4.11 as the theme verse for their prom that said, also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. So we're just... We're just, you, you can study that on your own. I'm just not going to, we're not going to talk about it. And I think it's a good lesson for us to always like proofread and that we don't always have to have a theme verse for everything. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Um, there's a couple points. Point number one says this. It's better together because more can be accomplished. It's better together because more can be accomplished. All through scripture, there, there are so many um, 
instances of, of God doing significant things through people. And, and we have, I mean, you can go through a list of like stories about different, different uh, figures from the Bible that where you can say like Moses and Noah and all of Abraham. Like you can make a list of characters from the Bible that did significant things in the kingdom of God. But one of the things that I think is interesting is that over and over and over, Many of these Bible characters and, and people from these stories were um, people who really relied on those around them. There are very few um, occurrences of people who were a, a lone ranger type of person. Um, I, I, you can go to the Old Testament. There's a, there's a story about Moses that I love in Exodus 17 where Moses is standing on the hillside and watching the Israelite army who is in battle with the Amalekites and, and they're fighting and, and I don't know if God just straight out tells him or if he just realizes through the process somehow, but as his arms are raised as he's watching this battle, uh, Moses comes to the understanding that as his arms are raised, the Israelites are uh, victorious. And as his arms are lowered that uh, the Israelites start to um, be overpowered. And so through the course of the day, uh, Moses is standing here holding his arms up, and, and for whatever reason, God does weird stuff sometimes, and that's okay. It's okay to just acknowledge that. This is one of those things where God, I don't know why he chose this specific thing, but but as Moses is standing there and he is somehow the, the conduit of God's like divine power through the army as his arms are raised, um, it's a long day. Like it's hard to hold your arms up in, in the air for even just an hour, let alone this whole day. And he gets tired and exhausted and realizes he can't do it on his own. And two of the people that God has regularly put in his life um, that have been supports to him, that have been encouragements to him, that have been in his corner, that have kind of been teammates and partners with him. Um, Aaron and her come to him and stand next to him, and they physically hold his arms up when he gets to the point that he can't do it on his own anymore. And this is, I, I don't really, again, I don't know why God has done some of the things that he's done. I don't know the purpose of that day, but what I will say is that every time I read that, I feel like God says to me, like, this is, this is why you need people around you. This is, this is why you need to live in community with people. This is why you need relationships, because when things get too difficult for you, I'm going to use the people that are around you to step in when they need to to accomplish my purpose through you, you're probably gonna need some others around you. I really believe this, that, that God has some uh, incredible things that he could do through your life, but probably it's not gonna be just you. Probably it's gonna be people that you partner with, people that you have developed relationships with, a community of people that God uses together to accomplish some of his purposes. Uh, you can look all through the New Testament and people like Paul always had someone with him, someone that was 
a partner with him. I, I, the beginning of the book of Philippians, he's writing to one of the churches that he has helped to start, and, and he says this. He says, I, I thank my God every time I remember you because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And, and I, that, that line that I am thankful for you because of your partnership in the gospel with me. There's like a camaraderie and a teamwork that can happen between people who are united in the adopted family of God that allows God to, to work in ways that I think sometimes couldn't, couldn't happen otherwise. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. They have a good return for their labor. We have, we have a bunch of small groups here at our church and it's one of the ways that we are trying to help people um, connect with each other and help people find some relationships where they can experience some of the things that I think that God has in mind for his church to experience. But one of the things that some of our groups are doing right now is um, working on some things together. We have one group in particular. We have lots of groups that are doing some amazing things, but one group in particular a couple months ago felt like, we, we, what if we did something together? Like, what, what if we, we kind of took on an idea or a project or, or did something. And so they started praying about it. They prayed about it for a little bit. A couple of them felt like uh, through some of their personal experiences, through some of the things that they had learned about um, different things, they, they said, we, there's, we feel like there's this need and there's just a lot of people in our community who are trying to get their life back on track, who are maybe trying to overcome addiction, who are maybe trying to um, transition back into to, uh like a, a normal life after getting out of jail or prison or something. And, and um, so, so they said, we, we feel like there's just not like a ton of resources and stuff. And so they said, well, well we, can't, we can't do things like counseling or whatever, but we could, what if we just did something practical to try to help support some folks that we know that might be in that situation right now? And so the, it just kind of started as maybe God kind of, giving them a little bit of an idea. They, they brought it to the rest of their group and discovered that some of the other people in their group, God had been kind of impressing some things on them. At this point, a couple, a couple of months later, they've like developed this whole thing. They've had meetings and, and uh, formed some alliances and partnerships with some community organizations. They've, they've gotten uh, a bunch of donations. They're, they're contributing their own money. They've put together these things called Boxes of Hope, and they're, they, they've been already um, in partnership with both the jail out in Camp Verde and some of the like transitional housing um, units that are around the Verde Valley. They're working together with those guys to, to just put some like tangible, practical, Things uh, like toiletries and some bus passes and, and um, some stuff that they can try to encourage folks who are in that place. And, and I, I just, I believe this, that when a group of people together come together, God can do incredible things. And I, I see that in just a glimpse through this particular group right now. There's, there's other groups that are doing amazing things too, but, but I believe this, that when we work to build relationships with each other, to have partnerships, God can do anything he wants through those. Like, God can change a community. God can change lives. God can use those relationships in ways that um, if we weren't to do that, 
it's just a different kind of ball game. Um, for each of these points, I also have a question that I want to ask, and I'm hoping that it's a little bit of like a look in the mirror kind of question for each of these to try to self-evaluate, like where, where am I when it comes to connecting to the church, being a part of what the church should be? Here's a, here's a question. In your life as a follower of Jesus, who would you consider to be a partner or a teammate? I, I know all of us have relationships outside of the adopted family of God, and that's, that's great. This isn't to discount those in any way. It's just to say that I really do think that for followers of Jesus, it is pretty clear and important for us to have relationships with other followers of Jesus that are also inside the adopted family because God uses the people of God to do things in the lives of the people of God. And, and so this is a question. In your life as a follower of Jesus, who would you consider to be a partner or a teammate? And so I'm not talking about like business partner or even friendships outside of the family of God. Who is it within that adopted family that you would consider to be this? And what I would say is this, if that's, if that's a hard thing for you to come up with, it's either because I worded the question weird or it's because maybe there's some growth areas in your life when it comes to connecting to the body of Christ. I really do believe this, that God uses the people of God in the lives of the people of God. Is there any way that you are partnering with people within that family? Point number two is this. It's better together because everyone needs someone, because everyone needs someone. This is one of the most heartbreaking things that, that I see take place is this. That, that uh, I mean, I, I know this reality for you. You've either just gotten done with a crisis in your life, or you're right in the middle, or one is coming. Like Those can be at different levels, but it's either just done, or you're in the middle, or it's coming soon. And it's heartbreaking to watch people who are facing something difficult in their life have nobody. You've probably seen that. I have a guy that I, uh, I've known for years and years, and our relationship is a interesting one, and it, we, we had been close years ago and just are not anymore. But, but one of the things I've recognized over the years is that uh, when we reconnect, it usually is because something in his life is falling apart. And uh, the other thing I've realized is that he doesn't have anybody else that he feels like he can turn to in those moments but me, and, and I don't really even know him that well anymore. Like, it's been a long time since we've hung out. It's been a long time since we've really talked. Like, I don't know the names of his kids. I know he's got uh, three kids. It's like, we're, we're not that close, and yet he has nobody else in his life to go to when things go south. And that's not how the church is supposed to be. And that's not how followers of Jesus are supposed to live. The idea that, that it's better together because everyone needs someone, the reality is we all are in crisis 
or we're about to be in crisis. And if we don't have relationships within the body of Christ, there are going to be moments where it feels like God's not there. God's left me. Where are you, God, when I'm in the middle of this? People in relationship within the body of Christ, it's not that they don't experience crisis, and it's not that they don't experience hardships. It's that in those moments, if you are living in community, and if you've spent the time investing in relationships with other people of God who are in the family, that God uses those people in significant ways to care for you. That one of the primary ways that God cares for us is through us. Like, he, he does other things too, but, but I know that life is never smooth. Like, there's always something or there's always something coming. And I believe that God, his intent for the church is to be the primary vehicle that he cares for his children. If your main connection to church, or sometimes your only connection to church, is that you are sitting in a row here on Sunday mornings, even if it's every single week, the reality is like people do not know you enough to be the, the thing that God wants to do in your life to care for you when things go south for you. They just don't. Like we can't, it's impossible. I don't even know the names of everybody in here, let alone like what it is you're facing or how to encourage you when things are rough. And that's why you need something more than just this, more than just saying the prayer one time and saying, I'm good to go, but to connect your life to the people of God so that God can use the people of God to take care of you. And I know it's, it doesn't always happen. It, sometimes, sometimes things fall through the cracks. Sometimes it, it doesn't come through in the way that we wish it would. But regardless, I, I really do believe that God wants to use the church to care for his people. There's another small group that um, we have right now. They had a, a, their leader was in a, a pretty bad car accident a couple weeks ago, and he, uh, he was trying to go straight through a light that was green and had someone who was pulling a trailer try to squeeze in and make the left-hand turn in front of him and uh, just, just I, probably slow pulling the trailer, probably maybe forgot that he had a trailer. And so this guy just couldn't avoid it and ended up smashing into the trailer and totaled his truck and uh, got transported to the hospital. All kind of, it, it just was kind of a mess. It, it was not a good situation. It, but, but one of the things I thought was amazing about this situation was that um, those people that, those two leaders that are in that group, the guy who's in the accident and his wife, the first place that they reached was to the people in their group. 
And the people in their group, because of their relationship, really kind of like dropped everything to, to support them and to care for them and to be what they needed. I was talking to them a couple days after, like, and, and just seeing how they were doing it. And they said, you know what? Like, we're doing fine. Like, the, the truck is frustrating. I'm sore. Like, I wish it hadn't have happened. But we're doing really good, like all things considered. And we are encouraged because we have all of these people who have, like, rallied around us and have said, whatever you need, we will do it. Um, those people also, they have an adult daughter who's in a different small group here. And uh, she let her small group know, and her group started praying for them as well. And some people from their group um, who work in the emergency room, like, drove down to the emergency room and helped to, like, get information for them and helped to do all kinds of, like, that is the kind of thing that can't happen if sitting here on Sunday mornings is your primary, like, connection point to the body of Christ. While this is good, and I, I started the, at the beginning by telling you, like, this is so encouraging. I love being here. But God has something more in mind for the church. And it has to do with the way that we connect to each other, the way that we invest in each other, the way that we care for each other. That moves us to a place where God can do all kinds of things. From Ecclesiastes, again, it, it says this is, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. God wants to care for you through his church. But sometimes that takes some investment on your end. God wants to use the people of God to care for the people of God. The third point is this that, um, oh, sorry, here's a question for that second one. Back up real quick. In your life as a follower of Jesus, who could you call in the middle of the night when you're facing something difficult? Is this easy for you to fill in a name? Or two or three? Is this hard? You think, uh, I don't have anybody like that. Number three, it's better together because there's strength in numbers. Ecclesiastes, again, says, um, the one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. Again, common sense, like, you know that if you're in a fight, like, you want more people on your side than on the other guy's side. Like, that's, that's basic. When it comes to our spiritual lives, though, the same thing is true. The one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. I, I really believe this, that, that in our spiritual lives, there are going to be seasons of attack and seasons of struggle and seasons when, when sin feels like it has such a strong pull on us that it's, it's hard to imagine what it might take to get out from under that. And what I believe is that Part of the intent for the church, part of the intent for us together is to have the kinds of relationships with each other where when we're in the middle of something that feels like it's so strong, we don't know if we're gonna be able to stand through it, that we can 
be in each other's corners. That we can know each other well enough that, that we know a few people, we know the battles that they're facing, we know the struggles that they are enduring, that, that I have people in my life that I can say, hey, like, I know we've been talking about this thing, like, I need something right now. Like, I need you to come over, or I need you to pray with me on the phone, or I need you to, whatever it is, to be in my corner and to stand and fight with me right now. And I actually believe that that's, what, that's part of the intent of what the church is supposed to be. That again, God uses the people of God to support and fight for the people of God. In your life as a follower of Jesus, who knows you well enough to know the battles that you're fighting, who would stand up and fight with you? I just want to tell you this. Um, dude, this stuff is not easy. It's, it's not easy at all. It doesn't come easy. It is not without cost. It does not come without sacrifice of time. And um, it doesn't come without trust and vulnerability. I know some of you have been through some terrible things. You've, you've probably been in churches where you've been hurt and disappointed and, and your guard is up. And, and so I'm not trying to discount that at all. Like I understand that that's so hard. But what I do just wanna say is, is that I, even in that, I can't help but to see that God has something in mind for his church. And it is not for us to live isolated, disconnected lives apart from each other. I also know that it's, it's hard to do if, if this time on Sunday morning is your only thing. It just is. Like, it's, it's hard to get to a point where anyone else in this room, if this is the only connection point, would be a name that you would fill into one of those questions. That, that likely is never gonna happen if you're just attending on Sunday. And so what I wanna encourage you to do is this. I wanna encourage you to consider what it might mean for you to step deeper, to step forward, to move closer to the kind of community that I believe God wants for us, where you have people in your life that you care for on a deep level and that care for you, where you have people that you know well enough and that know you well enough to know the right questions to ask, to know when is a moment of vulnerability that you need someone in your corner, What would it take for you to step forward into some community or relationships that are like that? One of the things that it takes is the Spirit of God. It's nice to talk about all these things, but the reality is like, it's only possible and good when the Spirit of God is like at work. And so maybe even just a, the, the most basic first step is just to talk to him about it and say something like, I need something. Uh, how, how can I be more obedient to you? How can, can you provide some of these kinds of things to me? Would you give me wisdom and, and guidance to, 
to know what to even do next. Maybe you're at the point where you have some of these, and, and, but they kind of stay at surface level, and you need to figure out how to maybe go a little bit deeper with some, some people that are in your life. Maybe you're at the point where, where you feel like, I, I do need to just take a step forward. We want to we give you one step that we think is, is one way that, that can help move the direction of this, and it is by being a part of a small group. Um, not every small group experience is wonderful for everybody. But it is a worthwhile way of, of pursuing what the church is supposed to be. And some experiences are amazing. There's some people in, in this room right now that would talk for hours about why it's so valuable to be a part of a small group. If you're interested in finding out more about that, we have another group link event that we're hosting uh, at the end of August, on August 26th. This is just an opportunity for you to meet a group of people that you can start getting to know a little bit, that you can start a group with, that you can start trying to pursue some of the kinds of relationships that I think that God has in mind for us. If you're interested in that, we'd love to have you join us. Um, you can register online at vvcc.online slash group link. We'll also have lots of more information about it over the next couple weeks. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for your love and your grace to us. And Father, I, I am thankful that you have put something in place to care for me. But God, it takes courage on my part to step into that. God, would you give me the courage? Would you give me the, the things that it takes for me to be a part of your family in a way that I need to be? Would you help me to overcome fears? God, I ask for our church that you would be breaking down walls between us, that you would be knitting us together in a way that allows you to work in us and through us in our community. God, I ask that you would have your way here and that we would not get in your way. We love you and we're grateful. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.